Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live, presented by The Grid. As always, I'm Bryson Carver. Got a little new look today. Got my Grid hat today from my man Barry Grant Jr. Shout out to him and everybody else, all the other content creators in The Grid. Uh, once again, excited to be a part of this a part of this network. But we got a great show for y'all tonight. Again, it's it's an early show, five o'clock. Uh, got to work tonight, so I figured, you know what? I don't really have the time to pre-record the show. Let's just do the sucker at five. Okay, we got a lot to talk about today. We got some baseball, we got some basketball, we got some football. I mean, it only makes sense. It is, after all, the best month of the year in the sports world, and that's October. We got our first full month of of the NFL season, second full month of the college football season. NBA starts this month. MLB playoffs, which I'm going to predict, at least the wild card round, later in the show, start tomorrow. We got the wild card round as opposed to the games. New playoff format this year. Uh, with 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 six teams making it uh, per with, with the American League and the National League. Also, going to talk some Debo Samuel, some San Francisco 49ers beating the dog crap out of Los Angeles Rams on Monday Night Football. I'll tell you why I am a little bit concerned about the Rams, but I do believe they can turn it around and why the 49ers just might be, just might be the best team in the NFC, at least maybe along with the Philadelphia Eagles. Also talk about Aaron Judge hitting home run number 62, now the all-time American League record, the all-time Yankee record. I'll talk about that in its historical context. At the end of the show, I will predict tonight's boringly interesting matchup if that's any way to put a Thursday night game between the Indianapolis Colts and the Denver Broncos. So let's get to it. Let's start the show with my team. In case I forgot to tell you, I don't remember if I did or not, but I forgot to mention that my Warriors are the 2022 NBA champions, just in case I forgot to tell you guys. But a little drama, you know, as is, 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 is typical of, of you know people to create sometimes, surrounding the Warriors. According to numerous sources, starting with Sham Sharania of The Athletic, great insider, Golden State Warriors all-star Draymond Green threw a punch at, at teammate Jordan Poole at practice on Wednesday. The two players had been verbally sparring prior to some pushing, which escalated when Green took a swing and made contact with Poole, sources said. Uh, Poole was not hurt by the punch and compete, completed his workout before leaving the practice floor on Wednesday, sources said. 
Now, a few minutes before the show started, Bob Myers, the general manager, did a press conference, as did Steve Kerr. And Bob Myers basically said that Draymond has apologized to the team. The, the Warriors are going to discipline him in-house. He's not going to miss any regular season games. You know, looks like he's just going to probably be suspended for a couple practices. Steve Kerr said he expects Draymond to be back by Saturday. And, of course, they have a preseason game against the Lakers on Sunday. Here's what I'll say about this. Um, this incident, whatever you want to call it, kind of in a weird way, signifies exactly what I have always, always said on this show about my man Draymond Green. I've said it over and over. I'll say it again. Without Draymond Green, there are championships in Golden State. There is no dynasty without that guy. I don't know all the facts about what caused this. Uh, somebody asked Bob Myers, does this have anything to do with contract negotiations? And Bob was like, no, that, that this doesn't have anything to do with that. Because for those of you that don't, that don't know, Draymond Green and Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, by the way, are all in the last year of their deal. Now, Draymond has a team option. Uh, I'm sorry, a, a player option for next season. There's a good chance he's going to decline it and hit free agency. And we'll see what happens with that. So this is, you know, this is a big season for the Warriors in 2023. is going to be a huge summer for the Warriors as far as how many of those guys they can retain and what price it will take to keep them in-house. But this is why I love Draymond Green. Do I love that he punched Jordan Poole? No, of course I don't love that he punched his teammate. But this is who he is. And for anybody out there who's like, oh man, Draymond, I gotta calm down. Draymond, I gotta calm down. I literally said this after game three of the finals. Remember, Draymond was getting into it with Celtics players, with the fans. Remember their chant? They were doing the FU Draymond chants. He was getting into it with the refs, with the Celtics bench. He, it seemed like he was getting into it with everybody except for his own bench. Every, it was like Draymond versus everybody except for the Warriors bench. He was getting into it with everybody. And people were like, man, Draymond got to calm down. He's going to get himself tossed. I said, so you want me to suppress what makes Draymond great? The edge? that he gives this Warriors team in practice, like this case, being the bad cop so that Steph Curry doesn't have to be. Part of what makes the Warriors great is everything you need. Forget forget being on, forget on the basketball court. We've seen some talented teams not win a single championship. Off the court, the intangibles, the leadership that you need, right? We know Steph is a leader, right? He, he's one of the leaders of the team. He's the good cop. Right, I mean, he gets into some players sometimes. I remember a game against uh, uh, the Clippers a few years ago where he did that. But all in all, he's a pretty chill guy. He, he's he's the sort of lead by example type of guy. Okay, Andre Iguodala is also a leader, but he's like the elder state, statesman. He's he's almost like uh, you know guys look up to Andre Iguodala because he's had the successful off the court career, on the court, you know, Finals MVP, all that. They look up to Andre Iguodala. Draymond Green's sort of a different story. He's there to hold guys in check. Okay? You know, someone posted a video. I think it might have been Anthony Slater, uh, who's a reporter for, for the Warriors. I can't remember if it was him or somebody else. But I saw a video from last season. It was like early in the season, like a game in November, when Draymond Green and Jordan Poole were going face-to-face, chest-to-chest. And they moved on as if nothing happened. Like, that's, that's just what happens. We know about training camp, mostly in football, but it's also the case sometimes in basketball. Tensions flare. <laughs> you know, guys are competitive. You know, they just won a championship. And that sort of leads me to my next, my next point. Listen, we've seen a lot of teams get complacent 
after winning a championship. That is why they always say it is so it is so hard to win a championship. It is brutal to go win back-to-back championships. There's a reason that a team is not three-peated since the Shaq Kobe Lakers 20 years ago. And they have two, you know, two of the 10 greatest players ever, you know, and, and, Sha- and Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant. Like that's what it took to, to win three straight championships. Nobody's ever done it since. But we see teams get complacent. Guys get a little, you know, a little, little fat in the offseason. Not literally, so although some cases that is the case. But, you know, they're, they're, they're chilling. You know, they're partying with friends and family. They're basking in the glory. Everybody loves you. Your approval rating's through the roof. You know, that's just, that's just how it goes. When you win the championship, everybody loves you. But it's different being the hunter and the hunted, as, as I say sometimes on the show. Boar's the hunted. For the other 29 teams in the NBA, Whenever they play the Warriors this season, all right, we're going to circle that game. That's our measuring stick game because they just won the championship. That is what makes Draymond Green so valuable to this team. Draymond Green, you know, because remember there's this thing about Draymond wanting a max contract. That There was that story a couple months ago about how Draymond Green was wanting a max contract from the Warriors. A lot of people laughed. With the other 29 teams, the NBA, I'd be laughing with you too. Draymond Green does not hold the value to the Washington Wizards or to the Phoenix Suns that he does to the Warriors because of how they play, because of the this, this unbelievable chemistry. I mean, it's, it's like him and Steph know exactly what they're doing, exactly what they're thinking without even saying a word. They just got to make eye contact. They know what's going on. The dribble handoff move that Draymond has perfected to get himself some e- easy shots at the rim. Draymond is not valuable to the other teams in the NBA. Golden State is not the same franchise without him. Not team, franchise. We know about 2016, got into it with LeBron, got, in my view, wrongfully suspended in Game 5, and that's when the series started to turn. That's when the skier started to shift. Not taking any credit away from Cleveland and what the great LeBron James did the rest of that series, coming back from 3-1 down, breaking my heart, and the rest of Dub Nation's hearts. But the first sort of domino that set everything in motion was Draymond getting suspended. But there are going to be days like yesterday, and there have been days like yesterday in the past, where Draymond could be a pain in the butt sometimes. I mean, but you need that guy in the organization. Wait, because you have to win a championship with one of those guys. I mean, look at the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Think about the Milwaukee Bucks for a second, who won the championship last year. They had Giannis, who many people think is the best player in the world. They got Chris Middleton, who's an all-star. Okay, they got, you know, they got Drew Holiday, who's, you know, one of the best defensive players in the league at his position. They're deep. Their home court's great in the Eastern Conference. But what was the move that nobody talks about that was so valuable to them? Getting P.J. Tucker from the Houston Rockets. Look at P.J. Tucker's stats in some of those big playoff wins for Milwaukee. There was a lot of games he did not put a single ball in the basket. It'd be like 0 for 4, 0 for 2 from 3. Four rebounds, one assist. But if you watch the game, P.J. Tucker was huge for those bucks. Same thing with Draymond. When people are like, oh man, he's, he's tri- Mr. Triple Singles, Charles Barkley once called him years ago, Draymond's never been defined by stats. Okay, I mean, Draymond Green actually made the All-Star game last year. You look at his numbers, like, All-Star? I can name like 25 players with better stats than that. But it goes deeper than that. 
You have to have that guy. You want Steph to be bad cop? That's not how Steph works. Clay's definitely not built to do that. Andre Guadalat, that's not really his, his thing. Steve Kerr, sure, but nobody wants the coach to be that guy. That's what's part of part of what's led to the Spurs kind of falling from grace. Is players after a while have kind of found Greg Popovich tough to deal with. That's part of what's led to the, the fall that obviously and Tom Brady leaving, but that's part of what's led to the fall of the Patriots. Like people just kind of get tired of Belichick. You you don't want Steve Kerr to be that type of guy. So you need to have somebody like a Draymond Green in the locker room. Okay, I mean, listen, he's not scared to go at Jordan Poole. He went at Kevin Durant three years ago, or four years ago. Okay, and he, did he go over the line? Absolutely. But think about it. That season, trust me, folks, trust me. I've got a lot of sources from the Bay Area. That locker room that season was a train wreck. It was a train wreck. They had, forget that. They had all kinds of injuries. KD got hurt. Steph was dealing with injuries. Uh, Iguodala was dealing with injuries. Clay was hurt. Looney was hurt. Boogie Cousins was hurt. And they were two wins away from the championship. You have to have that guy in the locker room. You have to have that guy in the organization. So when people are reacting to this as, it is a, as if it is a negative, what basketball team and what organization have you been watching for the last seven years? People act like this is like a shocking development. This is Draymond. This is how he is. Does he go over the line? Absolutely. Punching Jordan Poole's going over the line. I get it. Calling Kevin Durant the B word multiple times and saying, you know, we we don't need you. We won't without you leave. Yeah, you, you don't love that. But I would rather you have those instances or instances like yesterday than him being kind of more laid back, you know, chill, not really inspiring any any fire in the locker room? Because, listen, you need guys like Draymond Green for a a, a Tuesday night of a back-to-back in January. You, you need him for games like that. Because 82 games, man, it's a long season. It is. A, I mean, there are games, you know, trust me, NBA players will tell you, there are games in January, February, and, you know, even in March, because it starts to get a little, uh, little tough at that point. Man, you, just, you really don't want to play that day because your body's tired, you're kind of... You're kind of mentally fatigued. And so you kind of need those guys to, to, to wake you up a little bit. Why is Udonis Haslam still in the Miami Heat uniform? It's not because he can still play. Because Miami, I'm sorry, Udonis Haslam, with all due respect to the OG, I don't think he's really an NBA player anymore. But his leadership is invaluable to the Miami Heat. It's huge. People make fun of him. They you know, he takes up a roster spot. Okay. If... You're telling me somebody else who takes Udonis Haslam's spot can fill that void in terms of leadership? Uh, no, thank you. Let, let's keep him around as long as he wants to be around. So people freaking out about this Draymond Green thing. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get why people are making a bigger deal out of this than what it is. It's it's two strong personalities. Draymond Green, you know, Jordan Poole knows he's about to get paid this offseason, either by the Warriors or somebody else. You know, he's coming off a championship. That's, you know, it, listen, it's, yeah, you're feeling yourself a little bit. Was it a situation of maybe Draymond putting him in his place? Because Steve Kerr disputed a report that Jordan Poole's kind of being a little difficult during training camp. I'll side with the head coach on this one because there was a report about Jonathan Kaminga that being the same thing ended up not being true. I'll stick with Steve Kerr on this. But, man, it happens. (laughs) Okay? It's a long season. It's training camp. Okay? And you don't want your guys to get, quote-unquote, fat and lazy off of a championship. Because going back-to-back is hard. 
So you better you better be ready to go. You know, think about the Milwaukee Bucks. Now they got to the second round, could have made the NBA Finals, but if you look at their early season last year, they weren't that good. They were like under 500 15 games into the season. Did not look even close to that same Bucks team that you saw in 2021. That's usually how it goes for back-to-back champs. It's a little bit tough sledding out the gates. Look at the Rams, who I'm going to talk about later in the show. How are they looking? A little bit of complacency, maybe. We saw with the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Bucks last year. A lot of complacency. Like, you got to have guys ready to go. Because, again, winning one's hard. Winning two is, is it's not twice as hard. It's like five times harder. That's why not that many teams have done it. So, and Draymond's done it before. Steph, Clay, Andre, Looney, they've done it before. Got to have the guys, the younger guys, race to be like, you know, it was hard last year, but you got no clue what it's like going back to back. So, I don't, do I, again, do I like Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole? No, of course I don't. But I would rather Draymond have the occasional instance like that than to suppress what makes him great, which is his emotion. Does it get in, in does it get him in trouble sometimes? Of course it does. But more times than not, it ends up helping the Warriors, being to their benefit. So let's stop overreacting to stuff that we really don't need to overreact to. Um, so this says, uh, let's see, this is from Anthony Slater. Uh, Draymond Green apologized to the team for an altercation with teammate Jordan Poole that occurred during practice yesterday. Uh, Bob Myers, the general manager of the Warriors, said, quote, it's the NBA, it's professional sports, these things happen. That's it. These, these things happen. And if there's not fights going on in your team's training camp, your team's probably going to suck, to be honest with you. The Celtics got Marcus Smart. The Sixers now have P.J. Tucker. you got to have these guys. You know, Miami, even though he doesn't play, they have Udonis Haslam, and they have Jimmy Butler to, to you know, to kind of get guys behind sometimes. you got to have those guys. Um, let's see. Uh, Memphis has a, 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 shoot, what's his name? Uh, Dylan Brooks, who I've read reports, he's kind of like that sometimes in practice. If your team's not fighting, and I, I think Draymond might have said this a few years ago because there was a, a thing with the Celtics with Marcus Smart. He's like, if your team's not having any any fight during the regular season, sums up. Something is wrong with your team because that means they don't care. That means they don't give a crap about what they're doing. So let's chill out about this. Um, but it's interesting I'm telling you, when you look at the odds and you look at what all these quote-unquote experts are saying about, about my Warriors, and I've done numerous segments on it in the show, it feels like we're kind of back in that under- underdog role again, <laughs> just like we were last year, except we just got an extra ring. Now, the NBA season actually tips off. Today's the 6th, so 12 days from now. So I can't wait for that ring ceremony, get to beat the Lakers on opening night. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day in the Bay Area. It's gonna be fun, and 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 I'll, at some point, I'll record it, and then I'll do I'll have it air that day. My NBA preseason prediction show did one last year with my man John Rivera. Shout out to him, Fan Perspective Podcast. Uh, did one with him last year, so you know, hope hope you know, you know to do a show like that this year. See who I can get on. But moving on to Major League Baseball, you got I don't talk a lot of MLB regular season. Follow it like crazy, right? I'm, I'm a Red Sox fan till the day I die. Listen. Kind of, it kind of was an empty feeling the last few days sweeping the Rays who are in the playoffs. But you know that sweep meant nothing. It got us to seventy six wins, which is five games under five hundred. But it's gonna be a big off season for my Red Sox. Um, can you retain JD Martinez, Rafi Devers, Nate Evaldi? Like this is a big, big off season for my Red Sox. 
Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, Barry Grant Jr. in the comments. He said, a nothing story blown up. Thank you. Like, it's, 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 yeah, pe people overreact. Like, to me, the only reason it's being blown up is because it's Draymond Green. If this happened in, let me think of a team. If this happened with the New Orleans Pelicans. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nobody care. Come on. It's, it's not even it's – it's like the last topic on debate shows that you see first take and undisputed and all these shows. It's like the last segment of the show. Nobody's talking about it. But Draymond's history, Draymond's reputation, you know, it, it, you know, people like to make more of it than what it is. But, you know, you know how the media goes. But moving into Major League Baseball, Aaron Judge made history. We were all on the edge of our seats, crossing our fingers, hoping that he could finally hit number 62. Uh, I was actually in, uh, in a parking lot after work watching on my phone. It was, just, you know, so dumb. It's kind of like one of those you remember where you were when it happened type of sports moments because it, it, it was. Aaron Judge on Tuesday hit home run number 62, surpassing Roger Maris as the American League all-time leader in home runs in a single season. Also, because Maris was a Yankee, the all-time leader for homers in a season in the American League for a New York Yankee. So it's a phenomenal accomplishment by Aaron Judge. And, you know, he hit it into to deep left field in Arlington, Texas, against the Texas Rangers. You know, it's it, it. I will say I'm a Red Sox fan, hate the Yankees to my core. Part of me wishes it either 61 or 62 had come in Yankee Stadium. I feel like it would have been a, a cooler moment. But be that as it may, it was a great moment, and Aaron Judge absolutely should be celebrated for this. There's no question about it. He should win as great as Shohei Otani was this season. He was this dude's like this dude's freakish. I mean, we've never seen anything like Shohei Otani. Aaron Judge is the MVP. You can't you can't overlook a guy hitting 62 homers, the American League record, hitting over 300 for the first time in his career, in large part because he changed a lot of his mechanics. And who, by the way, led a 99-win Yankee team into the postseason with the first round by in the divisional round. Or I'm sorry, divisional series. What Shohei did was great, but and I mean, what, what do you have? ERA of like two uh, two thirty five, I think thirty four homers, if I'm not mistaken. We've never seen anything like him since Babe Ruth. And what he's doing is more impressive than Babe Ruth because you know Babe Ruth was playing against guys who had second jobs. He wasn't playing any black players. Like you had a lot of factors that played into Babe Ruth's dominance outside of just his talent alone. Like Shohei Otani is a better baseball player. I mean, greater but better than Barry Grant. Uh, Barry Grant Jr. Then uh, I was thinking about Barry because this grid hat. Then a uh, uh, Babe Ruth. But here's where I'm. Here's here's what bothers me a little bit, or at least a lot. Once again, there is no sport in America. It's not even it's not even a contest. It's not even a discussion that is more self-righteous and rigid than Major League Baseball. I talked about it briefly in my Instagram stories yesterday. By the way, if you haven't followed me on Instagram, please do that at Carving It Up Podcast. We greatly appreciate it. And hit that subscribe button as well. But 
I sort of talked about some in my Instagram stories yesterday. Okay, Aaron Judge at 62, American League record. And some people, I should say most of baseball fans, almost all of the baseball media, including, he's not part of the media, but including Roger Maris Jr., who's trying to you know, make a name for himself, is saying, hey, we should celebrate Aaron Judge as the all-time home run leader, not for the American League, but for the whole regular season. Because you had Sosa and McGuire, and you had, obviously, Barry Bonds at the top with 73 homers in 2001 ahead of Judge. But, of course, they all use steroids. And I want to clarify this. Aaron Judge deserves more credit than those guys, including the great Barry Bonds, for getting to 62 because he was clean. He deserves more credit than those guys do. But the fact remains, Bonds hit 73 homers in 2001. Nobody's hit 74 or more home runs. Thus, Barry Bonds is still the all-time leader for a single season. We, if you want to put asterisks to it, hey, man, knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. But it's, it, this should not even be a discussion. I'm glad Jeff Passan, who's the lead uh, um, insider, he's basically the Adam Schefter for Major League Baseball. Jeff Passan is a great source for ESPN. Like he tweeted yesterday, he said, let's just not even have this discussion. Bonds is the all-time single-season leader. When somebody hits 74, we are going to give them their due share. Until then... Bonds is, is, is the leader. Doesn't mean we take credit away from Judge. Doesn't mean we actually don't give more credit to Judge because he wasn't juiced. But are we just going to ignore the fact that Bonds was going against other juiced players? I mean, there was a Cy Young winner for the Dodgers. I cannot, his name es escapes me right now. But if you watch a matchup between he and Bonds, their heads are the size of basketballs. I mean, they, they are so juiced up, right? Everybody was. But what the baseball media continues to do, there was a time when David Ortiz was, was juiced. The, the reason I became a Red Sox fan, I am the biggest David Ortiz fan, big poppy till I die, right? Love that man. He was juiced for a while. He tested positive in 2009. Pudge Rodriguez used steroids. Okay, New, uh, 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 Mike Piazza use steroids. A lot of Hall of Famers have used them. But the guys who were kind of jerks to the media, Bonds, Clemens, A-Rod, that's who they're punishing because they really weren't that great to the media. And it's once again them trying to insert themselves into this story. It is them taking advantage of the great Aaron Judge with an all-time great accomplishment that will be remembered for generations to come who will be celebrated, and rightfully so. But it's once again the baseball media trying to be the story. That's It's the number one rule of journalism. It's the number one rule. It doesn't matter if it's sports, politics. doesn't matter what area of journalism it is. The number one rule, you are not the story. You who is covering this, Writing, talking, you are not the story. And the baseball media is inserting themselves and making themselves the story once again. Roger Maris. It's not enough that he's Roger Maris Jr. 
he has to insert himself into this by talking about, oh, no, Judge is the all-time leader now. No, he's not. Okay, facts are facts. Bonds hit 73. Would he have hit 73 without the steroids? I'm like 99% sure he wouldn't have. 99% sure. I mean, it's Barry Bonds we're talking about, so, you know, not ruling anything out. But he still did it against a Major League Baseball that was 90% juiced, if we're being completely honest. And so I hate that they did. And, and again, we get we we choose our anger for Major League Baseball. We choose our anger. So what is worse? Because here's what Major League Baseball does more than the NFL. The NFL's done it with a couple of players, T.O. being one of them. And definitely the bat, it's not the NBA Hall of Fame, it's the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. So it's NBA, WNBA, you know, around the world, like at college, like it's it's just all the great basketball players and coaches go in all at once. There's no pro basketball hall of fame. But that being said, Major League Baseball, more than any hall of fame, takes character into account along with accomplishments. I'm not a fan of it because to me, if you're a great player, you're a great player. Like, I mean, are some guys more likable than others? Yeah, of course. You know, David Ortiz is, is probably a better guy than Barry Bonds. He probably is. But both deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. But baseball takes character into consideration. Hmm, that's funny. Why are, uh, why is Ty Cobb in the Hall of Fame? Hmm? Why is, uh, some of these guys that, Yell the N-word to Jackie Robinson. Why are they in the Hall of Fame? For taking character into consideration. Oh, okay. Okay. So, okay, that, okay. Why are the guys who did some pretty awful things off the field? Won't name anybody. Why are they in the Hall of Fame? But we're going to take some of these other guys out. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It is, because to me, for me, consistent... If we're going to take character into consideration, let's take everybody's character into consideration. They're not doing that because, of course, they're not because they have to be the story. They have to preserve this pure image of Major League Baseball. There is nothing, there's nothing pure about this sport. Nothing. We love it. I love baseball. You love baseball. We watch it every October, especially. Love watching the World Series. There is no sport in America dirtier than Major League Baseball. It's not even close. NBA, NFL, hockey, they got nothing of these guys. Now, part of it is because they have a, a much longer history. Major League Baseball is well over 100 years old. But when it comes to scandals, cheating, the character of some of the players, the media, there's no sport dirtier than baseball. So, a major... Let's not let this take away. Aaron Judge hit 62 homers in a season. That's the American League record. Let's call it what it is. It is an all-time great accomplishment. By uh, Also, some, something else about Aaron Judge, a good guy. Aaron Judge is a good guy. He's a family man, does some great stuff off the field. You know, he's just a good guy. You know, handles the media well, and the New York media, you know, we, we know is, is no joke. Like, you have to have the personality of an Aaron Judge or a Derek Jeter to handle the New York media. It's tough, and he he does it perfectly. 
Stop making this. Stop Roger Maris Jr., old school baseball media, bringing Bonds into this. Bringing McGuire and Sosa into this. This is about Aaron Judge. Let him have his moment. Stop making it about you and what you deem is great or what you deem should or shouldn't be about Major League Baseball. That's the problem. Because you're such a buzzkill, you're turning off a lot of people to this great sport, to this great league. Just shut up. You're ruining or you're trying to taint a great all-time moment for a guy who has a chance to be an all-time great player, who's going to win the MVP this year in all likelihood, who could win the World Series this year. Stop trying to taint this. Okay, you're making yourself look foolish again. But why are we shocked? Uh, yeah, Barry Grant Jr. Uh, Roger Maris Jr. is an idiot. And he, he was, by the way, Barry's Dummy of the Week uh, the, the other day. Um, and, and rightfully so. And, and uh, Barry says, only thing that compares is international soccer. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. International soccer is, is, is pretty, pretty corrupt. But here in America... Man, these other leagues ain't got nothing on Major League Baseball as far as as far as its corrupt history, if we can put it that way. But with all that being said, shout out to Aaron Judge. Congrats on sixty-two homers. Remember what was his name? Um, why am I forgetting his name now? Um. Oh my gosh, uh, actor, Clippers fan. What is, oh my gosh, it's driving me crazy now. It is driving me crazy. What the heck is that guy's name? Uh, Billy Crystal, Billy Crystal, that's who it was. Billy Crystal, I can't believe his name escaped me. Who's, who's a huge Yankees fan. Remember, years ago, he made the movie 61 about Roger Maris uh, breaking that record. So, you know, hey, will there be a, will there be a movie called 62 made about Aaron Judge? Hey, I'd be, I, I'm for it. I'm trying to think of the actor. Like if they let's let's say they made a movie today, who what actor would play Aaron Judge? It'd have to be a large guy. I mean, Aaron Judge is six seven two eighty. You know, so you know you'd have to get you'd have to get you know a, a pretty large dude to do that. But you know, the, the, this is something that is going to this can be remembered for a very very long time. And the fact that it came in a contract year, the fact that this man bet on himself. Said no to the offer that the Yankees put on the table. Said, no, I'm, I'm worth more than that. You're disrespecting me with this. And then goes out and hits 62 homers, the all-time American League record. Oh, come on. Like, that's, it doesn't get better than that. So, man, this just goes to show you props to betting on yourself. Barry asks, is 10 years 415 too much for Judge? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Now, I don't care what the Yankees pay him in terms of annual salary. I don't care what. Listen, you know, annual salary... Pay pay him fifty million if you want to. There's no salary cap in baseball, and God knows the Yankees got the money to do it. But Aaron Judge is is thirty. If he was twenty five, absolutely, absolutely, give it. Heck, if he, I think if he's twenty seven, yeah, ten years four fifteen is is perfectly justified. But God, you're going to you're going to forty. But then again, then again, if that's the only offer he'll take. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You got you know, you to pay him. You got you to pay him. I mean, you, you, you can't let this guy go out the back door, right? You, you developed him in your farm system. Yeah, this wasn't the typical Yankee free, you know, free agent who comes in. They paid for him like, like a guy like Giancarlo Stanton who hit, I think Stanton hit 59 homers, if I'm not mistaken, in 2017. And the Yankees signed him the following uh, winter during free agency. But they developed, I mean, Aaron Judge hit 179 when he first got called up in 2016. But then, of course, he hits the 50-plus bombs in 2017, wins the Rookie of the Year, comes in second uh, for uh, for AL MVP behind Jose Altuve. And, and you know, he's had, had some injury-riddled years in between. But for him to come out of, you know, this contract negotiation process with 62 bombs and once again leading his team back to the postseason, man, good for him. Good for him. Whatever he gets, he deserves every penny. Absolutely. Yankees, Yankees are kicking themselves right now. Again, there's no salary cap in baseball, but the Yankees are kicking themselves right now for not, for not, you know, giving what, giving him what he was asking for during spring training. So it's going to be interesting. And a lot of people thought he was crazy. Like a a lot of the media uh, and even some fans were like, man, what's this guy doing? He's had some injuries. Like you got to take this long-term deal. Yeah. And it was risky, but he's sitting pretty now. So good for Aaron Judge. Great player, great guy. You know, props to him on breaking this record and props to him for for the uh, for the money he's about to get this offseason. Just long as he doesn't long as he doesn't come out this with the ring, I'm good. Because I may I may love and respect Aaron Judge. That still don't mean I, I don't hate the Yankees any less. That's that don't mean I, I I really, really hope the Yankees don't win a World Series and that me as a Red Sox fan can continue to gloat. That's in basically a 20 year span. They have one title to our four, but Hey, you know, it is what it is. All right. Moving on now to the NFL. We've got NBA major league baseball NFL. That's how you know it's October. That's, that's how you know it is. October is the, it's like waking up on Christmas morning. You go downstairs, you open your presents under the tree and you get everything that was on your wish list. Like that's, that's what it feels like because you get everything. We get everything. All the sports. It's awesome. But last game of week four, NFC West matchup, what has become a very intriguing and ironically one-sided rivalry. That being the Los Angeles Rams, the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams, and the San Francisco 49ers. And of course, the Niners won that game by a final score of 24-9 to over the Rams. And that is now seven straight wins for San Francisco over the Rams in the regular season. And I I picked the 49ers to win this game in part because of that streak, but also something that's a little concerning with the Rams. And fortunately for them, they got to avoid, for the most part, in the playoffs outside of San Francisco, who they survived by the skin of their teeth. They're a little bit like the Green Bay Packers in that... They struggle a little bit against physical teams. And that's why I'm a little concerned about them on Sunday facing the Cowboys. They're five and a half point favorites, which most people are taking Cowboys in the points, which I get. Okay, the Rams offensive line is, I mean, they're on their third string center now. 
That note boom guy at left tackle has not been very good, replacing the great Andrew Whitworth. And Matthew Stafford seems to just, he, he is, you know, Matt Stafford's in what, this is year 14? I mean, he is a, he's been around the block now. He, he's, he's, this is his 14th year in the league. He's a veteran. He's doing what most rookie quarterbacks do, and that has become one read quarterbacks. If number 10 is open, all hell breaks loose. Allen Robinson has struggled to separate. That 2-2 Atwell kid they drafted from, I think, from Ole Miss a couple years ago. I really like that pick by the Rams. He, he can barely get on the field. The running game isn't very good. Cam Akers, Cam Akers is like Melvin Gordon. We crushed Melvin Gordon for his fumbling problem. Cam Akers just as bad. Every time, every fifth carry, Cam Akers is fumbling the football. He's coughing it up. Now, the Rams defense, I'm not overly concerned about. Now, Jalen Ramsey has had a couple stinkers thus far. I don't know what's going on with Jalen Ramsey. He's had a couple stinkers. Opening night against Buffalo, he was awful. And then Monday night against the Niners, he didn't have a very good game. I still trust Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner. You know, the secondary, for the most part, is good. Front seven is good. But my concerns for the Rams resides with the offense. And they really need Odell Beckham Jr. right now. Because... They traded Van Je- I mean, not Van Jefferson, um, Robert Woods to the Tennessee Titans. So that outside threat's gone. By the way, something else about Robert Woods, one of the best blockers at the wide receiver position in the league. Like that's why he's been a solid fit with Tennessee. He's a great blocker for a wide receiver. And he's not, you know, he's not a big guy. He's not Julio Jones or something. Like he's 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 probably, what are we gonna give him? You know, five eleven, six foot on a good, I mean, ish. So like he's not a big dude. But that's part of what made him so successful with the Rams and their and their West Coast offense scheme, running the football. But if Cooper Cup is not open, Stafford falls apart. And we saw this, remember the Super Bowl against the Bengals? The Rams are humming on offense. Stafford's accurate. They're, they're getting the ball to Cup. OBJ's having a big half, and they're spreading the ball around. They scored a couple of touchdowns. Uh, you know, they're, I mean, Cincinnati can't stop them. And then Odell, Odell pops his knee. And up until the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter, the Rams' offense was awful. Not to take any credit away from Cincinnati's defense, but in that Super Bowl, L.A. couldn't move the ball because you don't have that other guy to take a little bit of the attention away from Cooper Cup. So now that Allen Robinson hasn't worked out at all through the first four games and Cooper Cup is the only guy Stafford trusts Defense, this this is part of why I picked the Niners to win. This is one of the biggest reasons I picked predicting the Niners to win. It's because the Niners defense is like, okay, you can't have Cooper Cup beat us with somebody else. And he couldn't. He's thrown, you know, he, he's getting, Stafford's always had an interception problem, even going back to his days in Detroit. I've always made the joke, like, you can take the quarterback out of Detroit, but you can't take the Detroit out of the quarterback. Starting to see that again. He threw that bad pick six, obviously, in the fourth quarter. But all night, wasn't accurate, was a one-read quarterback. The offensive line couldn't protect him very well against a Niners defense that, folks, has a chance at least four games in, four games in at the pace they're at, could be one of the greatest defenses of all time. Nick Bosa's leading the league in sacks. That defensive line is phenomenal. They've given up the least amount of points in the NFL. I think the least through four games since, gosh, like a, a decade plus. I mean, this defense, we knew it was, it was good. Now their secondary is good. We thought that was their weakness. Their secondary is amazing. My man Emmanuel Mosley from Tennessee is doing a great job. 
The kid, number 29, who picked off Stafford at the end, had a good game. I mean, and that sort of leads me in my next segment, or not segment, but topic with, with, with this game, is the 49ers. We know, y'all know about my limitations or my reservations for a limited quarterback being Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's he's good. I think he's a starter in the NFL. I think he is the definition of an average quarterback. But you can, in that offense, we've seen over the last few years, go in a lot of games with Jimmy G. Now, do I trust him in the last 10 minutes of a tight playoff game? Not even in the slightest. Because when the Niners have been at their best, Jimmy G's gotten a participation grade. He, he didn't contribute much to the class project. A lot of sub-100-yard games. I mean, there was an NFC Championship game against the Packers, folks. Jimmy Garoppolo threw seven passes. He threw seven passes. The, you know, they're not going to put him in position to make that big mistake. He did against Dallas. It nearly cost him in that playoff game. He did against the Packers. It should have, if not for Packers special teams miscues. And Aaron Rodgers you know, coughing it up, coughing up the game in the second half. And it ultimately did against the LA Rams in the playoff game, in the NFC Championship game. Debo Samuel, folks, is special. We knew this. We knew this. If this guy's healthy, I've always said, he is the best overall offensive player in the NFL. He can catch touchdowns like he did on what was an awful throw by Jimmy Garoppolo, which Debo Samuel made, you know, he turned into Houdini, made something out of nothing and took it to the house, made Jalen Ramsey backpedal, and we saw them going back and forth on social media and whatnot. He can run it. He can he can catch passes. He even threw a touchdown to my man Jawan Jennings last year against these same Rams. But again, it goes back to San Francisco up front. It's the least sexy term in the NFL. But they are one of the best teams in the league, if not the best, at winning in the trenches. Running the ball, even without Trent Williams, or without their best, maybe the best player on their team, Trent Williams, their left tackle, who's certainly the best player at his position. Didn't seem to matter at all. They ran the football effectively. They protected Jimmy Garoppolo very well. And then defensively, you can't block these guys. It's partly because Nick Bosa takes so much attention on one side now the other guys get to eat. They get to feast. So this this is going to be, to me, it is, I mean, you like what you're seeing from Tampa right now? Like I've said about Tampa, they have yet to play a complete game. And their record shows it, two and two. Because the games where their defense has been otherworldly, their offense has stunk. Sunday, their offense was great. Brady and Evans were unstoppable. Defense couldn't get a stop against Kansas City. The Packers, really? You trust the Packers? You know, who... Be a injury ravaged Tampa by two, and then by the skin of their teeth at Lambeau Field, beat Bailey Zappi on a walk off field goal. You you trust the Packers, Vikings? You 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 take as great as that roster is, as good as I think Kevin Connell is as a coach. You trust Kirk Cousins? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. More than you trust Kyle Shanahan, what he can do with the Niners' offense and defense? 
I should say what um what Raheem Morris is doing. Not Raheem Morris. I keep I keep saying Raheem Morris. Uh, what D'Amico Ryan's is doing with that Niners defense. They they got a lot of cachet. They they've accomplished a lot in the playoffs. Minnesota hasn't. And y'all know I like Minnesota. I think they're going to win the North. You trust the Cowboys? You trust right now? You think the Rams are very good? The Cardinals? A lot of two and two football teams right now. Like to me, it feels like Niners Eagles are the class of the NFC. That's what it feels like. And again, least sexy term in football, but both teams are great in the trenches. O-line, D-line. So this Niners team, I'll tell you, they are going to be a tough, tough out. As for the Rams, I'm not concerned in the long run. Would I be shocked if Dallas comes into LA and beats them? Absolutely not. That's a home game for the Cowboys. It's in SoFi Stadium. It's It might as well be a home game for the Cowboys. If, if I had to lay my money down right now, you know, if I had to put my money on the table. Who are a betting man? Who are a betting man? I put my money down that the Cowboys have more fans in L.A. than the Rams do. I, I bet every dollar I got. Like, every time the Cowboys come to SoFi, it sounds like a home game. So you're going to have the home field advantage. You're going to have, you know, the Cowboys are leading the NFL in sacks. The Rams have one of the worst offensive lines in the conference. That's not a very good combination if you're Matthew Stafford. Okay? So you're going to have that aspect of it. The thing is, for the Cowboys, is Cooper Rush, don't screw it up. And through four games to start his career, he hasn't. But he is a backup, and those games come for backups. So that's going to be a very intriguing game to watch on Sunday. A couple of comments here. Uh, John John says, early show. Yeah, yeah, start the show at, at 5 o'clock because I got, I got work later tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm a ref, guys. I'm ref in flag football games. I'm only through one flag thus far through, through four games. I... Oh, or four, through four games. How many games have I done? Seven? I don't know. I've done a little, little less than 10 games, so hopefully it goes pretty successfully. But, uh, I mean, yeah, listen. <laughs> that, man, that Niners defensive line is just dominant. It, it, it's, it is fun to watch. It is fun to occasionally watch a great defense. I don't like watching defensive struggles. Like, the, like, the four, like for example, a game involving the 49ers. The Niners-Broncos game it was awful. I mean, this, the score indicated it was a bad football game. It was 11 to 10, okay? But I occasionally, I like watching a great defense dominate. And that's what the, what, that's what the Niners did on, on Monday. But we do have a week five game tonight, which I'll predict in a few minutes. Uh, just talked about the Broncos. They're going to be facing the Indianapolis Colts at home tonight. Colts are without Jonathan Taylor. Broncos, I've said in the show, Unless something changes drastically in the next two weeks, the Broncos need to go ahead and fire Nathaniel Hackett. He is, in my mind, the worst coach in the NFL. He appears over his head, in over his head, clueless. Play calling is, huh? I mean, although, and I'll sort of talk about this when I predict the game, Hackett deserves the most blame, in part because the Broncos have a top-five defense. But uh, one of my favorite players in the NFL I think you guys can guess who that is. He deserves some of the blame too. And I'll I'll sort of touch on that later. But the time has come, folks. Part of what makes October great is we get Major League Baseball at the highest of levels with the most tension, stress. The games are longer. It's much more of a strategical war between the managers. It's, you know animosity in the stands. 
it's these great iconic ballparks, Dodger Stadium, and and even in some cases the new Yankee Stadium, and and I, I feel like uh, uh, St. Louis has become somewhat of a uh, of, of a iconic ballpark in recent years. Um, and of course, John John has to say, "Let's go Yankees." But listen, man, I can't hate. He's he's just loving his team. Listen, I, I'll, I'll I'll go along with it now until until you guys get get bounced in the playoffs. But anyways, baseball postseason is here. And rather than five teams, which was the old format, where you had uh, uh, three teams that the division winners automatically advancing to the division series, in this case, you got two teams that get the first round by automatically to the division series, the number one and number two seeds. Then you got the four seed playing the five seed and three playing the six seed. You get six teams per uh, per league. Uh, 12 teams in, in the playoffs as opposed to last year and in years past having 10 in the previous format. We got 12 now, so hey, the more the merrier, I guess. The NFL kind of did the same by having 14 teams as opposed to 12. So we'll see how this new format goes. I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about it. I like it. But let's start. Let's go and start. I'm going to make my wild card predictions. And just a disclaimer, I don't think my predictions last year could have possibly been any worse. I predicted the two wild card games correctly. I had my Red Sox, hey John John, beating the Yankees, and hey Mike Guido, by the way, as well, big Yankees fan himself, co-founder of the Grid, along with Barry. But I had my Red Sox beating the Yankees, of course, which we did convincingly, and I have the Dodgers beating the Cardinals in the wild card game, which they did on a walk off bomb by Chris Taylor. After that, and I'm not kidding, you can check the tape. If you want to put yourself through misery, I predicted one series correctly the rest of the playoffs. I'm not kidding. I predicted Dodgers over Giants in the division series. That was all I got right. Everything else, nope. I predicted against the team that ended up winning the World Series in every single round. I thought the Brewers would beat the Braves. They got swept. I thought the Dodgers would beat the Braves. They would have had them. They've been healthy in my view. But nevertheless... Braves outlasted what was left of the Dodgers. I picked the Astros to beat the Braves. Couldn't do it. Actually got closed out in their own home ballpark at Minute Maid Park. And the uh and the uh you know the Braves ended up holding the crown and and they came back on the Mets, by the way. You know, cl- close your eyes and ears, Barry and Alfred, to to win the National League East Division for I think this is the sixth year in a row. Let's see, 18, 19, 20, 21, 20. Sorry, fifth year in a row. Fifth year in a row that the Braves have won the division. John just says that was last year. Well, I guess. Listen, it was last year, but it's the same manager. So I'm not going to do like a bracket. This isn't like March Madness or somewhere. I'm just predicting how all the playoffs play out. This is just the wild card round. Here we go. We're going to start right now uh, with the American on the Cleveland Guardians, the first uh, season for the Cleveland baseball team as the Guardians, uh, and it was, it was a great season for them. They won the American League Central when we all thought, when I thought, this was the White Sox division to lose. And, and by the way, I've been critical of Tony LaRussa. You know, I, I stand by you know, the comments I've made in terms of his rigidity uh, as a manager, which I'm not a fan of, but he's dealing with some, some health problems as of late, so wish him nothing but the best. He actually stepped down as the White Sox manager recently, so we wish him nothing but the best uh, in that regard health-wise. But the Guardians outlasted the White Sox, who we all thought were the favorites to win the division after the season they had a year ago with all that young talent. 
And then some even thought maybe the Twins could be a dark horse to win that division. They started out pretty good, adding some of the free agents they added, Carlos Correa being the most notable. But it was old man Terry Francona, who I know very well as a Red Sox fan. I love my man Terry, who has once again led the Guardians to the postseason as the AL Central champs. Okay, as for Tampa, Kevin Cash, who's a tremendous manager, has once again led the race to the playoffs now for the fourth consecutive season. We all know 2020 made the World Series in 2021. Uh, last year, they won over 100 games before my Red Sox bounced them on back-to-back walk-offs at Fenway. But this is an interesting one because it is going to be everything postseason is about, and that is pitching and strategy. Here's what separates it. Cleveland has a better rotation than the Rays do. Okay, Cleveland, if you look at their numbers, they got the sixth best ERA overall in baseball. You've got Shane Bieber starting game one. He's had, a, once again, another great season. He'll be in that discussion for the AL Cy Young. When it comes to this sort of matchup, where the offenses are pretty good, okay, you got plenty of talent on both ends offensively, one through nine, both lineups, but I trust the, the, uh, the rotation, the starting rotation for Cleveland more than I do Tampa. But And I trust Terry Francona more than I trust Kevin Cash. Because Kevin Cash, in some games, most notably Game 6 of the World Series against the Dodgers in 2020, has been, at times, way too reliant on analytics. Way too reliant. And not to mention, the Guardians closed out much better than the Rays, and you want to go in the playoffs with a lot of momentum. And so with that being said... In this series, I'm going to take the Central Champs. I'm going to take the Guardians to win this series. It's a best of three, by the way. Wild card round is a best of three. I'll take the uh, the Guardians to win it 2-1. I'll say the Rays get one in Cleveland, but I'll take the Guardians to win 2-1 uh, in advance to the division series to take on John Johns at Yankees. Moving on, staying in the American League, the two wild card, the other two wild card teams, I should say, and that will be the Seattle Mariners and the Toronto Blue Jays. Seattle is in the postseason for the first time in 20 one year. I believe that is the longest drought in the history of the four major American sports. Baseball, basketball, football, hockey. I'm pretty sure that's the longest drought, although I could be wrong on that. I mean, Seattle fans have been through a lot. They've seen a lot of bad baseball in the last two decades. They've seen some teams that came close and couldn't quite get there. Last year, they were on the brink, but ultimately my Red Sox and the Yankees edged them out to get into the postseason last year. They started this season a little rough. Under 500, but going into the All-Star break, I believe they won 14 consecutive games, vaulted themselves back into that discussion to be in the wild card round, which they are. I have said for about a month that the Astros, to me, are the clear favorites to come out of the American League. I'm not sure, sure, sure Seattle is at second. The way that they have been playing since right before the All-Star break on has been remarkable. Adding, uh, adding Luis Castillo to the deadline from the Cincinnati Reds, Okay, we know that Julio Rodriguez, J-Rod as they're calling him, who got paid, uh, you know, a couple of months ago. He's raking. That offense has come up big at the most opportune moments, including actually a walk-off homer to clinch a playoff spot. As for Toronto, we know they fired their manager pretty early into the season. They had some big lofty expectations. Um, I, I love the Manoa, I think is his name, who has been great for him. He was an all-star this year. Fun personalities. He's, you know, he doesn't care to get in your business either. But great offense for Toronto, and they're – Starting rotation, including their ace, is really good. 
I don't know if it's just the feel-good aspect of it. I don't know if it's just the fact that they play great complimentary baseball. They are great strategically. I'm going to say it. Seattle Mariners advance to the division series over the Toronto Blue Jays. I think it does go to that decisive game three in Toronto. But on the road, give me the Seattle Mariners, the 90-win Mariners of the 92-win Toronto Blue Jays to advance to the division series. I'm telling you, Seattle is a problem. I'll give Toronto one. But ultimately, again, this postseason is all about strategy. I trust the Seattle Mariners in that regard because they've been so great in close games this year as opposed to the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are like the Buffalo Bills in some way. They can knock you out quick. Ask my Red Sox. We, we gave up 28 runs on them. In the close ones, they haven't been quite as good as Seattle has been. Moving now to the National League. Okay, got the six-seed Philadelphia Phillies, who are in the playoffs for the first time since 2011, taking on the St. Louis Cardinals. Of course, the big story this year for the Cardinals being that Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, and Adam Wainwright, all three in their final season, all three Cardinals legends. Of course, Pujols, without question, is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Probably going to be the case with Molina as well. We'll see with Wainwright. Here's, here's what's fascinating about this series, because I kind of went back and forth on this. This is the rare 3-6 matchup where you the six absolutely has a chance to win. Okay, when you look at uh, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, what they have done this season for that starting rotation has been outstanding. Ever since, a little bit like the Blue Jays in some ways, ever since they fired Joe Girardi, who I have great respect for as a manager, but it was the right move to make, clearly because they got rolling after you know they, they fired him. Kyle Schwarber has been... I mean, awesome this year. He's been overshadowed because Aaron Judge hit 62 homers. He came in second with, I forgot what, what he finished with. It was over 40. I think it was 42-ish, 43. You know, he was great this year. Okay, you know, Bryce Harper, who's dealt with some injuries. Last year's MVP. But if you look at the other side with the St. Louis Cardinals, again, similar to the Seattle Mariners. They've been good at close games. And again, strategy-wise, pitching, Opportune at bats. I trust Nolan Arenado. I trust Paul Goldschmidt, who's always been good in the playoffs. And I'm going to say it. I trust the legend. Albert Pujols is going to get a key hit in this series. Whether it's game two, whether it's game three, if it goes that far. And the home field advantage of St. Louis, folks, is a real thing. I feel like a lot of the guys in Philadelphia... You know, Bryce Harper hasn't been to the playoffs in how long? It's been what four years? I don't think I don't think Philadelphia made it in 2020 when it was when it was an expanded playoff field. I could be wrong about that. Actually, I, no, I know I'm not wrong with that because he was on the Phillies. They haven't been in 11 years, so a lot of the guys in Philadelphia have yet to go to the postseason. As opposed to the Cardinals, they've got nothing but experience. Arenado's been, Goldschmidt's been, uh, obviously Wainwright and Pujols and. Uh, 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 Molina have been. The experience wins out. Strategy wins out. Home field advantage wins out. Give me the Cardinals to beat the Phillies in what I think is a go-either-way series. Cardinals win in three games. Now the last series, the one that we didn't really think that we would get, what caught a lot of people off guard outside of the state of Georgia. You got the, the San Diego Padres taking on the New York Mets. Now the Mets won 100 games, I'm sorry, 101 games this year, mostly on the backs of a drastically improved offense led by the batting champion Jeff McNeil and Francisco Lindor and of course once again what matters in baseball pitching they've got the best pitcher in baseball in Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer who once again 
possibly will be up for a Cy Young Award in the National League. And he's, he's got a few of those from Detroit and from Washington. He was great with the Dodgers in the time that he was there. And now he's with New York, and he's done a lot of damage. He's actually the game one starter against the Padres. The Padres, a lot, lot, lot they shocked a lot of people. Fernando Tatis Jr. did not play a game. We know about the suspension. He won't play uh, next year. So you have all of these components going into it. A lot of drama. You know, we know Manny Machado and stuff. They added Juan Soto. And that sort of, they were already on a roll to begin with. Batting Juan Soto helped propel them into the postseason. They had to kind of hold off Philadelphia and Milwaukee for a while. They ended up clinching a playoff spot. The Padres have been kind of, we feel like the little brother to the Dodgers, and they've lost in the last 20-something games. They've lost almost every time to L.A. They are absolutely the second fiddle in California when it comes to baseball. It might be the third fiddle just because Otani's so great and Trout's so great with the Angels. So this is their opportunity to prove themselves. This is their opportunity to go to Queens, New York, the biggest media market in the country, against the Mets, who have big, big expectations going into this postseason. This is their opportunity to make a statement. It's the Padres. Give me the Mets to win this series because they are better just about everywhere. Listen, Juan Soto's phenomenal. There's only so much that man can do. There's only so much garbage can do. Give me the New York Mets to win this series in a sweep. It's the only sweep I'm predicting. Because the Mets, frankly, should not be playing in this round. Uh, they, 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 you know, they spit the bit against the Atlanta Braves by getting swept over the weekend. But hey, that's that's none of my business. I don't even know why I brought that up. Mets gonna be the Mets, man. That's that's what they do. That's that's what they that's what they've always done in their history. But you know, overall though, this this is going to be. It, it was a great baseball regular season. I thought the All Star game was was excellent. Being in L.A with the Dodgers honoring Jackie Robinson. Of course, it was the sev- this year was the 75th anniversary of him uh, breaking the color barrier in Major League Baseball in 1947. Uh, I remember Denzel went out there and, and paid tribute to him, which was really cool. You had, I mean, heck, there was a while. We didn't even know if we get a 2022 season because of the lockout. Turns out, he only got postponed for, uh, if you look at the start of the season for when it was supposed to start, it only got postponed, I think, a week. They had to condense the games a little bit. Wasn't a whole lot of off days. A lot of double headers. But we've gotten to the end of the year, the World Series, the whole postseason as a whole is going to be a little later than usual. But we are in for a very, very exciting 2022 October in Major League Baseball, and I can't wait for it. Listen, man. As long as the Yankees don't win, I'm happy. I predicted for the season, though. I predicted for the season. We are going to get a rematch of 2017. When the Astros robbed the Dodgers, because we all know about the trash cans and the cheating scandal. The Astros are head and shoulders the best team in the American League. Offense is outstanding. Pitching's outstanding. They got the great Dusty Baker, who, man, listen, the Astros winning. I'm, I, you know, of course, nobody likes the Astros outside of Houston after, after what they did in 2017. But I think if they were to come out and win it all, to take that commissioner's trophy, if, 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 if the Astros winning is the console, or I'm sorry, if, if we have to see the Astros win a World Series just so Dusty Baker can get a ring finally, I'm all for it. I, I'd, I'd love to see Dusty get a ring. I mean, he, he's he's one of the great guys. He's one of the all-time great managers. I think he is the winningest ma- uh, manager in the history of baseball to have never won a World Series title. So it'd be just great to see after all the work he's put in all these years to finally see him come away with one. But the Astros, to me, are going to come out of the American League. Said that back in March. And I said the Dodgers were going to come out of the National League. Like, it's... It feels like it's a Dodgers or the field right now in the National League. If you want to say the Braves 
our second fiddle, if you want to say the Mets are second fiddle, you know, be my guest. But the fact that they lost Scherzer over the offseason, Walker Bueller during the season, and you've got the whole situation with, uh, uh, gosh, I forget his name now, uh, uh, Trevor, crap, what's his name? The pitcher, I'm forgetting his name, who's got the whole domestic violence situation that's been dating back to last year. So he's gone. You've got Clayton Kershaw, who's been Clayton Kershaw. He's been his typical great self. Julio Urias, who's been great. Uh, um, Gonsolin, who's been excellent. So this rotation and this bullpen has, has, has helped the Dodgers tremendously. Mookie Betts had another great year. Yeah, I'm a Mookie Betts guy. Still breaks my heart that he's not a Red Sox anymore. I wish to God he was still in Boston, but still love seeing him succeed in L.A., and, and that lineup is crazy. Freddie Freeman almost won the batting title. He, obviously, he was the probably the most impactful. He, along with Max Scherzer, were the most impactful free agent pickups this offseason. You know, this, this Dodgers team is stacked, man. I mean, it's not like that's news to anybody, but they, they're just stacked. All right, we got a game tonight, though. Between the Denver Broncos and the Indianapolis Colts. I will, before I, just give me two, three minutes on this before I predict the game. (sighs) This hurts my soul to say this. And I'm going to wait to make a final decision on this until after tonight's game. You guys know I think Nathaniel Hackett deserves the most blame for the Broncos' early season struggles. I think there's a doubt. You can tell when a coach is great and when a coach sucks. Pretty easily. The in-between guys are a little tougher. Nathaniel Hackett's a bad head coach. He's, he's a bad head coach. He's not qualified to be in that position. But let's not take all the blame away from Russell Wilson. You guys know I've been a big Russell Wilson supporter. Love the guy. Phenomenal guy. You know, he's got, you know, Sierra and his kids. Great family and all that. But when I talk about, especially at the end of the NBA season, when I get all up in arms about the MVP and how I think the media butchers it every year when it comes to defining what valuable means, I've always said there's a lot of different ways to look at valuable. One, to me, one of the most obvious is what would the company, or in this case, the team, be without you? Okay, you know, the Patriots without Tom Brady are below 500. They needed him. Whereas Tom's gone on and won a Super Bowl in Tampa and had all kinds of success. Seattle's two and two, Denver's two and two. Seattle's offense, more more specifically, Geno Smith has looked significantly better. They just hung forty eight on Detroit. Now, now Detroit doesn't have a very good defense. We get that, but I don't know. Through four games, and it gets early. I'm not selling my Russell Wilson stock yet. But when you have some of his outside of DK Metcalf, when you have some of his former teammates who still play for the Seahawks, when you have former teammates who don't play for the Seahawks, Richard Sherman, KJ Wright, taking shots at Russ. Like, it's like on the day, Eli Manning took a shot at Russ. It starts to kind of make you wonder, like, is there something we don't know? We know Russell's the ultimate optimist. We know he's a little corny. Got a little Andrew Luck in him in that regard. Optimistic, you know, we know about the, we get the great leadership intangibles. Something's missing. Not sell my Russell Wilson stock yet. Tonight's going to go a long way in determining that. But man, I am looking like an idiot for predicting the Broncos 
to win the Super Bowl before the season's kicked off. I am feeling really, really bad about that. But they do play a game tonight, so let's predict it. The Colts tonight. Uh, the Mile High City in that altitude against a struggling Colts team. Of course, the Colts at 1-2-1. One, and one. It's crazy to me. The only game where they have looked impressive came against the team that many is calling the best in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, they shouldn't have won that game because penalties and special teams cost Kansas City. Nevertheless, the Colts did. Matt Ryan led a game-winning drive. That's the only win of the year. Jonathan Taylor, who did, was not playing well through the first month of the season, is now out due to injury. The defense has really struggled at times, and Matt Ryan is looking kind of old. We knew he's, he's kind of the typical pocket passer, can move outside the pocket occasionally, but as he's gotten older, has sort of lost that ability. His arm doesn't blow you away. You're sort of seeing, it feels like we're starting to see Matt Ryan, start, you know, father time starting to catch up to him. But with that said, the Colts offensive line hasn't been as good as it needs to be. And the receivers outside of, uh, outside of what's his name, a Pittman, haven't been very good either. I don't think this is a Frank Reich problem. I think this is the receiving core ain't that great, ain't as good as I thought it would be coming into the year. The defense hasn't been very good. Matt Ryan's not as good as we thought he'd be. And the offensive line is not as good as we is as we thought it would be. So, but it's a month in the season. The Colts are kind of notorious for getting off to slow starts to the season. So they can very much turn around. Maybe they start that tonight. So they come into Denver, take on a Broncos team who's two and two, should be one and three. Because they survived the Niners by the skin of their teeth. Russell, I thought, actually played pretty well against the Vegas Raiders this past Sunday. But the Broncos' defense struggled to stop Josh Jacobs. You know, Derek Carr had a big day. And, and you know, again, strategically, situationally, the Broncos were absolutely awful. And that always, to me, points back to coaching. So, I don't trust either team as far as I can throw them. I don't trust either team. But... They say, I think Einstein said the definition of insanity is doing something over and over again and hoping for a different result. I'm insane. I'm picking the Broncos to win a very ugly game, 20-16. to 16. Their defense has been outstanding for the most part through the first four games. And ultimately, when it comes down to, I just kind of finished criticizing Russell Wilson there, but you ask me, do I trust Russell Wilson or Matt Ryan? I trust Russell with the better receiving core and the better offensive line, despite some of the limitations at head coach than I do with Matt Ryan in Indianapolis. So it's all said and done. Give me the Broncos to win this game 20-16 to 16 over the Indianapolis Colts. To start week five, it's, I cannot believe we're in week five of this season. This is early season. I tell you, when you're watching a lot of football, you're enjoying it, it flies by. But it's going to be a, 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 it's a weird Thursday night game because of where the teams are at. I mean, this this is a it's a boringly fascinating game to watch. That's how I described it early in the show. I think that's what we're going to see tonight. So that's five straight games I predicted the Broncos. Now we'll see. And of course, tomorrow I'll predict the rest of Week Five games, excluding the Monday night game, of course. So with that, that is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by as always. Thanks for catching us in that early time slot at 5 Eastern, uh, 2 Pacific time, as opposed to 6 uh, uh, Eastern, 3 Pacific time, which is where you can catch the show tomorrow, live, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time, Facebook Live, YouTube, Twitter. Also, if you're on YouTube, like, 
share, comment, and most importantly, take two seconds out of your day and hit that big red subscribe button. We'd appreciate it. It grows the channel exponentially. And also subscribe to The Grid Network on YouTube. That is The Grid Network, G-R-Y-D, The Grid Network. All of my shows on here, all the clips from the show are on The Grid. Um, uh, clips from uh, the other content creators being you know, uh, Alfred with the, the, uh, with his jets podcast, which is outstanding. Shout out to Alfred. Love what you're doing with the show, man. Uh, Barry shows on there. All even podcast, Ryan with clutch sports talk. Uh, you, you got my man, uh, Patrick Brown with the chaotic sports podcast. I'm looking forward to hearing this, this one coming this Sunday or I'm sorry, the Saturday. So a lot of great content on the grid. We're building this network, subscribe to it and subscribe. Of course, on all podcasting platforms, Apple podcast, Spotify, all over the place. So, Enjoy your evening, everybody. Enjoy some football. Have a great evening. See y'all tomorrow. God bless you all. Peace out. Oh, and stay safe. I forgot to tell you that. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.